2: Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, James Erpine. You can subscribe on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you check out LockedOnBengals.com for Solomon Tentman's prospects, spotlights, and more. And without further ado, we're joined by Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. And uh, we're talking quarterbacks today with Joe. Most of the quarterbacks in the first round probably expected to go in the first 10 to 15 picks. Is there a guy that stands out that if he fell to 21, you'd think or you'd want the Bengals to consider taking?
0: Well, you know, and that's the thing about pitching 21 is that you're out of the range of what you expect to be there. But, uh, I, you know, just like the team probably does, you have to do your homework on all the top guys, and you still have to decide if if you think they're a franchise quarterback. Now, other teams may may not agree, and uh, that's how they, they end up slipping to that 21 spot. Uh, but I, if it was me, I would I would say Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Rosen are the three I would think are potentially franchise quarterbacks. And uh, for me, if it's, they were there at 21, I would love the idea. But also the Bengals are in a u- unique situation because they can afford to let a backup quarterback develop for a year or maybe two. And that would include a guy like a Sam Darnold and a Josh Allen, because I think those guys definitely need the time. Not that not that the other guys couldn't use it, also. Uh, but I definitely think those guys are developmental quarterbacks with high upside. So it, it's a different situation for the Bengals because it allows them to consider those those developmental guys. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, those top three guys that I named maybe Lamar Jackson could be there. Uh I read something today that the Ravens said that they may have some interest in him. I think that'd be interesting and and I think they picked 15 16 in that range. Um so he may not be there at all either. So if the Bengals want a quarterback or if they like somebody it'll probably have to be in the second, third, fourth round range where the value will meet the pick. Otherwise you're reaching for a guy.
2: Joe Goodberry of the Athletic is our guest as far as style goes because I know I've talked to you about this, and and you've mentioned it to me, and it makes a lot of sense. When the Bengals drafted A.J. McCarron, they liked him, and a big reason why is because he could come in and be similar to Andy Dalton. Are any of those guys you just named, do, do they fit the profile of what the Bengals have done in the past of, yeah, we really like him, and he can be a solid backup, and if something happens, he can run the show just like Andy Dalton?
0: Not the top guys. I don't think the top guys fit the uh, the backup criteria at all. Um, if you're going to take take a guy at 21, and, and the top guys would would be considered there. Uh, no, you're you're talking about all five of them could be better than Andy Dalton. They they could all be potentially better. They could all. I think Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen, guys that can walk in today, if the offense is right, uh, could produce like Andy Dalton as rookies. So, I, in my opinion, I, I think the if you're looking for a guy that could be a backup and maybe a spot starter, and it, and that's why it felt so right with A.J. McCarron that year because – he lasted until the fifth round, and I think a lot of people thought second, third round for McCarron, uh, but their their skills were very similar, and a fifth-round quarterback knows his place. You know, Even if they were comfortable with him and they liked him, he knew he was a backup, and I think everyone on the team knew he was a backup. So I think anything drafted before round three, and maybe even round three, now that I'm saying it out loud, would be a shot at, hey, we like this guy a lot and could potentially see him as a future starter.
2: That's interesting to me because you say round three, and in that, in my mind, extends past Lamar Jackson. Now now we're talking about a guy like Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State. We might be talking about a few other prospects as well. Let, let's segue and, and go, look to that, maybe that second tier of quarterbacks, the ones that will probably get selected on day two of the draft. Who do you like? Who do you think fits? Who doesn't fit the Bengals at the profile and what they look for?
0: Yeah, that second tier isn't as robust as the first. Um, for me, I think it's a Mason Rudolph and maybe a Kyle Lauletta from Richmond. Uh, I think Lauletta is more similar to Dalton, but more of an anticipatory thrower uh, with a little bit better accuracy, maybe not as mobile, uh, and maybe needs a year or two before he's ready for the for the pro game. But Mason Rudolph, if he was there at 46 or maybe into the third round, he's more of the Carson Palmer type, where he's a big, tall, strong-armed guy. I don't think he always throws with velocity, but the deep ball, I mean, and for arm strength with him, he's a very beautiful deep ball thrower. Uh, so that would be a much different transition for the Bengals and maybe something I think everyone would like to see uh, in terms of, of being able to, to accurately throw the deep ball, especially with A.J. Green and John Ross. So a Mason Rudolph would be a shift, but at the same time would be a statement pick uh, for them. Uh, Laletta I think, is a third-rounder. Uh, maybe he sneaks in the back end of the second round. And then I'm not sure who teams like, if it's a Luke Falk out of Washington State, uh he has some accuracy issues, but more of a placement thrower and an anticip- anticip- anticipation thrower. Uh, maybe people like Logan Woodside out of Toledo. I've heard a lot of buzz about him lately, but I think he's probably more of a fourth-rounder so you he starts getting a day three. I think that second tier is very small because I, I think if your teams consider you – a future starter, or, or you have that talent, you get pushed up into that first round. So it really creates a gap between where teams think they're, they're drafting a immediate or or future starter to the point where they think, I'll take a chance on this guy. He may be a backup. I may like his upside, but we're not going to invest in him in, in that same way. So I, I could see a big gap going between, let's say, if Lamar Jackson goes in the team as the last quarterback of the first group and then a Mason Rudolph or a Kyle La Letta. Late second, early third round pick. uh, Unless the team really missed out in the first round and really liked a Mason Rudolph, but I I still see there being a significant gap there before the next tier starts to go.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Joe Goodberry of The Athletic is our guest. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. And, yeah, I to me, I like finding the sweet spot of where you're going to get the best talent and the best value. And the Bengals, certainly, they have 11 draft picks. They have... Some flexibility here to go up and get a guy or trade back and get value, which they've already done in round one. It doesn't seem like it's going to match up in round one. I don't know if the Bengals would consider it. Uh, as far as the the backup quarterback position or, or just the quarterback position in general, does it match up at 46? Because I, I've been billing 46 in, in their, their second round pick to be a center. It feels like the value will match up there. Is it the third round? Where do you see the value at quarterback, and, and, and the most talent combined with where they're drafting? Where do you see that lining up?
0: That's hard to say because, say, a guy like Mason Rudolph is there at 46. Um, I think in a normal draft, because this is a very top-heavy draft for quarterback, in a normal draft, I think Rudolph would probably be a top 25, top 20 pick. Oh, really? Uh, in, hmm. in most quarterback drafts, yeah, for sure. A big, tall, strong guy like that with a, with a good, deep ball uh and and really very productive, and, and an offense that really pushed the ball down the field. If you watch, go watch uh, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. He's throwing the ball over ten yards every single throw. There's no dink and dunk in that offense. They are pushing it down the field. I think a lot of teams would would love that. Uh, so if he was there at 46, then you would say the value, depending on you know, let's say we're in a draft room and we have a, a first round grade on him. How do you not take a quarterback with a first-round grade at 46? I think a lot of teams would jump into that. But if you're looking for a backup guy where you're saying, this is all we want, you know, we, and we they, you did sign Matt Barkley, but you want a backup quarterback for the future, um, Yeah, I think you have to wait so that the statement isn't, hey, this guy is a future starter, so they, I think you get into the third. Maybe it's the compensatory pick in the third. Maybe it's the fourth, fifth round, and then you got guys like Mike White or Riley Ferguson. Mike White from Western Kentucky, Riley Ferguson from Memphis. Um, maybe they have some upside to them, but they're definitely developmental backups, and maybe they're the third quarterback while Matt Barkley is the primary backup for this year, maybe two years, and then those guys uh, develop into that role. But I think if you're if you're looking for a backup. It's gotta be a day three pick, or else you're sending a shot that, hey, we're being aggressive at quarterback, which I I'm not against at all. And hey, the quarterback the starting position isn't as secure as we've made it seem.
2: All right, Joe, I like to put you on the spot. I like to see what you would do. You you mentioned a Mason Rudolph. Let let's say he's there and let's say Billy Price and Frank Ragno are available as well. All right. So you got two of the top centers. You have Uh, You have, obviously, Mason Rudolph, and Lamar Jackson's gone because we would all probably say get Lamar Jackson, 46, but he's gone. Do you wait and see maybe if Kyle Lauletta falls to round three? Do you see maybe if if you could get a Woodside on day three or one of those other developmental quarterbacks? Or do you say, eh, center, we'll find one of these guys. Maybe we'll end up getting Will Clapp in round three with one of our our third-round picks. And you take one of these quarterbacks, whether it's a, a Mason Rudolph, a Kyle Oletta, one of those guys.
0: Important part of the question that I'm going to put you on the spot is what do they do at 21 in this scenario?
2: Um, they go not center. So may, okay. maybe, maybe they take Isaiah Wynn. Maybe they take one of the linebackers. But your biggest need center is certainly still there.
0: All right. Um, and Ragnow and Price are still there. They, let's say James Daniels is gone. So the board still looks pretty good at center. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's when you consider it, right? If you're, let's say you, a lot of linebackers are still left on the board. Um, you've already addressed one of yours. Let's say Isaiah Wynn picked that pick then at 21. So he's playing right guard or right tackle, either one. Um, you've addressed one of the positions on the offensive line. You feel strong there. You have 10 more picks to go. Your starting center could very well be there at the top of the third round. Uh, Pat Elflein, uh, the center from Ohio State last year, com- compares very similar, I think, to Billy Price. Went in the third round last year. And I know we've gotten a, a, a lot of people excited about Billy Price and the potential of the 46th pick. There's a chance he's a pick closer to their third round, uh, 100th overall, than it is, and that's the compensatory pick, actually, but closer to the third round pick than it is 46. So. He could be there, and then I still like Mason Cole from from Michigan as a starter uh, at center. He may be more more of a developmental guy, but Bengals had nothing there. He could start day one. So I think that would be the scenario where you do say, "Hey, we have a first round pick on this mm-hmm. quarterback. Let's go ahead and do it." And with Andy Dalton being 30 years old this year, uh, you have an you have an out every year now with little money wasted on, on his contract this would be a chance to do it. I don't feel like they'd be that aggressive, to be honest, James. And I, w- I would be pumped to see them do it because of the statement it makes. But at the same time, uh, I still don't expect it.
2: As far as and, – and you're right, I agree with you. I don't expect it either. I, I do think they'll look at it. They'll seriously look at it. And part of it's because Andy Dalton – is down to three years on his contract, and he's probably going to want like $30 million per because that's what quarterbacks get these days if he gets that to free the agency. That yeah, is Exactly. But if you're
0: going to take a quarterback at 46, shouldn't you get that fifth year on him and take him at 21 or try and get to 31, 32? Oh.
2: Yeah, that's true, and especially when you have 11 picks. I, I do want to ask you, though, the, and this is probably the last question, at least on the, the draft prospects, is there a guy that stands out that will be within the, the Bengals' realm of, of picking, and it might not necessarily be at 21, because I know that that everyone's looking at the top guys, but they should be gone before 21, where you look at him and you say, he could slide in for Andy Dalton tomorrow after training camp, and he could play at a high level. Is, is there a guy that stands out, kind of separates himself from the rest, that you think could be available rounds two through five?
0: Oh, that's tough. To um, think they could step in and produce similarly or close to um, that stuff, or else I think those guys are going in the first round or projected to go in the first round. Again, I do like Mason Rudolph and Kyle Loletta. And I would say those guys have the best opportunity to do that. I would say, no, once you're getting into that second tier, third tier of quarterback, you shouldn't expect them to be able to step in and play. I think that's why Mac Barkley was signed is because you can't expect those guys to give you that type of performance. Even AJ McCarron had a red shirt year that rookie year. So um, I would expect, once you're in that range, that that, that should be uh, how you look at it.
2: He's Joe Goodberry. Follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. What do you got coming up, Joe, on The Athletic?
0: I am writing about draft prospects and how they compare to Infinity Stones in the Marvel Universe.
2: <laughs> that sounds like it's right up your alley <laughs> i might really only understand <laughs> half half of the uh the post but i'm on board look at that all right uh make sure you follow joe on twitter at joe goodberry check out his work at the athletic joe i appreciate the time as always i'll talk to you next week
0: thanks for having me James.
2: good stuff there from joe goodberry follow him on twitter at joe goodberry abbreviated podcast but i tried to fit in Decent amount of stuff with Joe. We did this while I was in between shows and while his kid was napping. Hopefully, you enjoyed it on Twitter at James Erpine, at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe for your daily Bengals fix on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast.
1: A hey, Prime members.